Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 1. And Saul approved of their killing him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. This is God's word. Well, good morning. Thank you for having me, and a warm welcome from uh, Brixton Local Church. Uh, I'm going to pray first. Do you know why I always, I always pray at Brixton Local Church? Because I say to our church, uh, you certainly don't want to hear me. Uh, we want to hear what God wants to say from his Bible. So let me pray. Uh, Father God, we, um, we want to hear from you uh, through uh, your word. And uh, Father, we thank you for that which you have done and are doing um, throughout history in the world through London, through uh, cities, through planting. And Father, we want to learn from your word today. So Father, we pray that you would move and minister for our good and your glory. Well, our, our reading this morning is from Acts chapter 8, verses uh, 1 to 8. And I suppose that they are uh, familiar Verses to many of us, to be honest, which is the great challenge in a way. The unfamiliar then, meaning as we look at it, the gospel impacting, uh, impacting the world can become just so familiar to us today. See, as we in a way look at uh, the book of Acts this morning, the challenge is to be absolutely amaze as we read about God's method of evangelizing the world. As we, as we look at this book and see the embryonic stages of God doing his work. See, just think about it, really, how absolutely amazing this reading is. How is it that a marginalized, persecuted, an uneducated group of people, the church, Christians, ended up having the absolutely upper hand in regards to faith uh, against one of the most powerful empires at that time. It wasn't through military force. It wasn't through a political vote. There was no general election but simply just through the persuasive message about someone called the Messiah. See, what we see in Acts and just have read is absolutely unprecedented in human history. It's the rise of a, a persecuted group who in the world's eyes were a group of nobodies 
is absolutely remarkable what they did and achieved. See, sadly, what can be familiar to us today, because we read the Bible, we know Acts, certainly wasn't familiar to them then. See, Christians like Philip took the message of the Messiah into the world to evangelize it. See, the big question that we need to ask is how? How did God do it? What was his method? What was the strategy? What was the the method in a way that these Christians took into the world to spread this world-altering faith? Why, you know, I, I love the book of Acts because it gives us the answer. It's absolutely, it's simple in a way, but it's absolutely profound. It's genius. See, look, he sent the apostles, Christians, he sent God's messengers, like Philip, exclusively to, what does it say, to live. Verse 5, Philip went to the city of Samaria. Why? To tell him a message. He proclaimed the Messiah there. And as we read in a way the whole book of Acts, we see the method to get the message out, which was to plant churches in every major city. What was the result? Verse 6, When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they paid close attention to what he said, for with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Amen. See, planting churches was God's strategy, what he used to reach the world, and it's a strategy what God uses today. The proclamation of the gospel about Jesus, the Messiah, what does it do? It brings joy to this city, to this city. Uh, for that reason, what we do at Brixton Local Church, we make it really simple sometimes. Uh, and we're going to look at it under three headings, three words. Let's look at, at the method, uh, his messengers, and the message. Method, messengers, and Meshes. See, God has a method, and that's to use messengers to proclaim, tell his message. First, let's look at, at God's method, and to do that, let's take the whole sweep and use the book of Acts as our backdrop, because it shows us this. It shows us that, that God is the absolute mastermind behind church planting, and what does he do? He backs it. See, God knew this, that the method to reach the world was, yes, preach the gospel about the Lord Jesus Christ, but also to plant churches. Just take the Apostle Paul. Why do you think that Paul went to Ephesus? Why? Because it it was a religious centre of the day. It was where the cults were. It was where... He went to their places of worship. It's where Paul rocked up and went to the hall of Tyrannus and he wrestled. It's where he spoke against, against the Greek god Artemis. 
Corinth. Why Corinth? Because it was a commercial centre of the day. It was that place of trade and worship and commerce. It was the square mile of our day. It's where you found your Barclays Bank. It's where you found J.P. Morgan. It's where you went. You want to go to Coopers? That's where you went. Why did he go to Rome? Why Rome? See, he went to Rome because it, it was a, a religious society. It was a city with their numerous so-called gods, with their temples and sacrifices and rituals and festivals to their deities. It was the political place of the time. It was a place of power. You can imagine Paul and the apostles at a prayer meeting saying, right, what we're going to do, we've got to put all of you, get your pen out now, uh, Paul, everyone, you've got to put Rome at the top of your prayer list, boys. Honestly, you've got to. Why have we got to do that, Paul? Why? Because if we reach Rome, we will reach the world. Pray for Rome. See, Paul went to, he went to London, he went to Birmingham. He went Manchester, he went Edinburgh. He went to the great cities of the day. See, if you read the book of Acts, you'll see that he went to every major city, he preached the gospel, but he planted a church. So why the city? See, a city was busy, cosmopolitan, it was mixed it had influence. It had a array of different people from all different backgrounds. You had Brixonites in there. You had people from Mayfair in there. Different. Different races, different classes, language groups, ethnic groups. See, Paul knew if you plant the gospel in a city, then it will reach people from all walks of life. See, the other question is, wherever it landed, it would influence the culture and seep through cultural institutions, political bodies, through the arts, through the media, finance, education. See, they knew that the proclamation of the Messiah was unstoppable. It was like an explosion. It causes a storm. Apologies if you're sitting here today, because I don't want to offend you, but if you're thinking that it's Co-Mission Sunday and it's, it's absolutely typical that I'm here speaking about church planting to evangelise the well, that as an organisation, we're going to speak like that, that we're a little bit over the top, but we're good guys underneath. I'm going to have to say, sorry, you're wrong. And I am not going to let you off the hook like that. Why? Because if you read the Bible, if you read the book of Acts, then you will see that church plant is not a commission thing. It's a God thing. It's a Christian thing. It's God's method to evangelize the world. That's why if you look, for the first three centuries... Christians were urbanites, city dwellers, 
city evangelists. See, God's messengers to the city were Christians. He sent Christians, he sent Paul, he really, he sent the likes of me and you, he sent Philip, which Philip is such an unlikely candidate to go to Samaria. See, I think that is why Philip, especially Philip, is so helpful for us today. See, when we think of Paul, we naturally think of some next level bad boy Christianity that Paul is up there. He reminds you, like, you know you're on a motorway and there's a car that rolls, uh, rolls up behind you and he's flashing your lights to get out of the way. Well, that's up Paul. See, I suppose in a way that it's easier to get our heads around Philip because he wasn't an apostle, but he's one of the seven leaders chosen by the church to help the apostles in their work. He was an Hellenistic Jew, meaning a a Greek-speaking Jew. See, he was a Jew on, on the run. See, going back to our text, he had just seen Stephen stung and executed. And in verses 1 to 3, what I just read, he has just seen a tremendous persecution of the church, Christians being absolutely ripped from their homes, from their families, persecution. By who? The Apostle Paul, who was Saul. See, why is helpful? Philip didn't intentionally go to Samaria to plant the church. He was a, a political refugee. He was scattered. It's interesting, isn't it? Is that we totally, in a way, we miss the significance of the word scattered. See, Philip went there. Why? Because he was terrified. See, he didn't wake up in the morning and say, you know what, it would just be so cool to go to Samaria to preach the gospel. Honestly, it'd be, it'd be so, it'd be so good. Out of all the places to go, I'd love to go there. That's just, that would just be amazing. That's just on my preach list. I do hope that God picks little old me to go to Samaria. I feel so special. If God picked me, I'd be so made up that God would think, no, I'm the one, Philip, who's up for the task. No. He's scattered. He's fighting. He's on his toes, legging it. That's why he's in Samaria. Verse 8. Verse 1 of chapter 8. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Verse 4. And those who have been scattered preached the word wherever they went. See, when we read this or hear this, we often just hear the words that Philip went to the city of Samaria to preach the message of Messiah. Praise God for brave Philip. Yes, he went to Samaria, but it certainly wasn't his plan. It was God's scattering the fulfilment of 
Jesus' words in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when he said, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. It was God's scattering. And in so doing, what did he do? He scattered the seed of the gospel. See, Philip didn't go to Samaria to, because he wanted to go there. See, it was a, an alien place, a hostile place, much like the alien and hostile places of our culture, our time. See, there had been real hostility between the Jews and Sumerians. The Jews thought the Samaritans were half-bloods, half-breeds, that was polluted by Assyrian bloods. The Jews hated the Samaritans, and the Samaritans hated the Jews. It's amazing, really, as we read this, is that uh, the city of Samaria, that they heard Philip's message about the Messiah. But it must have been absolutely tough to evangelize there, to go there, to share the message of the Messiah. See, I say this because I'm, I'm aware that it's so tough and hard to take this message of the Messiah to our friends, our colleagues at work, and certainly to our families, to the culture of today, to our city. Why? Because the world hates the message about a Messiah. However, please don't think that your anxiety to share the message about a Messiah, about Jesus Christ, is anything new. Do you really think for Philip and the early Christians that sharing the message of the Messiah to the people of their day was anything new, was less hard. See, taking away the Greco-Roman society that thought the message of the Messiah was absolutely ridiculous and totally contradicted everything that they believed. It went against their worldview against it. See, they believed that the, uh, the world was polluted and dirty uh, and evil and the vine coming as uh, human and physical as a man, as a messiah, was absolutely impossible. See, what about the Eastern cultures at the time when uh, they was out there evangelising? Their understanding was the world was just like, in a way, like an illusion that the Messiah would come and teleport, take them away from the world. He certainly wouldn't come into the world to, to fix it, uh, to redeem it through a physical man on the cross, dying a physical death. And let's not forget Judaism the religion of that time. See, of all the climates, of all the cults, all the religions, 
Julian would have had the most trouble in believing about Jesus, about a Messiah. See, they had the highest view of God, their creator. And therefore, the message of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, was absolutely repulsive to them. It was offensive to them. See, just like it's hard today to take the gospel into our workplaces, our friendship groups and social settings, it was really tough and hard for the Christians then to take the gospel and the message of the one of Messiah into the culture then. Do you know what I find really interesting about this text is I was just chewing on it and wrestling on it. It's that if we take the beginning of the book of Acts, then it shows us that as Christians, as a church, if we're honest with ourselves, without God's intervention, then there's a danger that we're more likely to gather than scatter. See, in chapters 1 to 7, it tells us that gospel ministry was really in Jerusalem before the persecution. Listen, I'm not saying that the apostles and the Christians wouldn't have taken the message to the end of the world, but it was God, the global church planting strategist, what lit the spark, what set the world alive. See, I think as Christians... We can so easily get used to, in the local church we can, our own people, our own little gospel patch. We gather rather than we scatter. We'd rather not take the message of Messiah into those hostile environments. See, God has called us what to do. He's called us to evangelize, to reach the world, to, to go to the ends of the earth. Or even better, to have those conversations that we've been avoiding year after year about our Messiah. See, what does scattering, what does evangelizing look like for you this year? What does, what does it say, being a witness to the ends of the earth look like for you? For your family? with your children, for your children. Really, what does it look like? See, by God's grace and looking to him, what behaviour, habit or pattern would you say that you need to abandon or even adopt to get this message out or the Messiah to our dying city? What? Can I, in a way, push more in, in the direction to this uh, channel four? Because I think it's really important that we look at, in a way, the detail, the circumstances around our text today. See, in the previous verses to Acts 8, as I said, it's really interesting that we see Stephen being martyred the church being pure, uh, persecuted, but 
But listen to this. That it's from this. Under God's sovereign plan, under persecution, that the gospel goes out into the world. See, isn't it absolutely profound in a way so counterculture that God works through the gospel, yes, but he also works through pain, affliction, tears, and death for the persecution of the church. See, these things are, I'm sure, sad and God, but God's church flourishes through it. See, I say this because as we enter into a, a new year, for some of you, the year ahead may look uncertain and bleak. And just like me, the Mariner families, you may shed tears through Ill, Ill health in the family or even death. However, have you thought that your illness, your tears, your pain is an opportunity to be used by God to evangelize the world? That God has called you to scatter. See, I say this because as you, as Christians, as we suffer, as we cry, as we cling on to Jesus Christ through the uncertainty of life, people will see the demonstration of the gospel that has gone out to the ends of the earth. They will see your hope in your Messiah. See, it's God at times, who just like Philip, he sends us to places that we just don't want to go. And sometimes in places and not geographical locations, but they are a wonderful opportunity to tell the world about our Messiah. See, on that note, let's, let's finish away with the Messiah. The reason why Paul planted churches and Philip went into Samaria, what to? To proclaim the message about Jesus Christ. Let's finish with Jesus. Listen, if you're someone who's sitting here this morning and you're, uh, you're interested in Christianity, uh, but you're not really saying, you're a bit skeptical about things because you say to yourself, why Jesus? Why is he uh, the Messiah? Of all the people in that time, it was about why him? Why Christianity? Uh, then I, I get you. I, I really understand why because I, I used to think like that. But did you know that the years before Jesus' life and death, it's that historians tell us that there were other messianic movements. There's strong evidence that there was other individuals who said that they were Messiah. Like uh, there was a bloke in Australia right now and he calls himself the Messiah. People will say that they are God's chosen one. 
anointed one, which means the Messiah. However, get this. In every case, in every case, when the leaders of that sect or that Messiah movement, when they were killed or died, that movement, it fell apart, they threw in a towel and everyone went home. That was it. Boom. Finish. However, get this. Of all the movements, only one of them, when their leader was killed, it didn't collapse, but it flourished. It impacted not just the Roman Empire, but it impacted the world. See, the question to ask is, is that out of all the other messianic movements, why is it that this movement was different? Why did it flourish? Why did it, when their leader died, why didn't they all go home? See, what broke through the barriers of thought? What made them see the Messiah? What dethroned their skepticism about the Messiah? Do you know what it was? It was, it was Jesus. Jesus Christ. The way that he lived, the way that he died, the way that he rose, the rose from the grave, the resurrection, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, but also the message that he brought, his message, the apostles' message, that through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, through his work, on the cross that we are rescued from sin that God saves us into a personal relationship with him to live with him forever through the message of the Lord Jesus Christ see the gospel message the message of life is a message that has been ringing for churches then and it's a message that has commission that we proclaim today as God's church proclaims today. Why? Because in Mayfair, in Brixton, across London, it's the message, the only message that will bring great joy to the world. So don't be sceptical, but just look at God's church. His messengers, us, Philip, Paul, as we take the message of the Messiah into the world. What a message we have. It's a message what has turned the world upside down. It explodes. Let me pray. Uh, Father God, we thank you for your word. 
Father, we thank you for the God that you are, that you use the proclamation of the wonderful meshes of the Lord Jesus Christ to bring life, that you save from hell to heaven for the wonderful message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Father, thank you for uh, the example of Paul and Philip that you send at your church as messengers, you send us. Father, give us uh, boldness, give us uh, uh, those words and seasons to be willing to go, to uh, be scattered, to use our lives to uh, proclaim the message of the Lord Jesus Christ in those uh, places where we don't want to go, to have those conversations that we avoid. And Father, thank you that we have a message which is life-giving. We have a, a message that brings great joy uh, to this city. So Father, we pray that you would increase the joy this year, that you increase your kingdom through the proclamation of your word. Amen.